0: Section 26 of Pastiche and Prejudice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jason in Panama. Pastiche and Prejudice by Arthur Bingham-Walkley. A Theatrical Forecast. Newspapers periodically publish their review of the past theatrical year. But it is always a sad thing to recall the past, especially the immediate past, which is too recent to be history and only old enough to be stale. Why not, then, let bygones be bygones and turn to the future, about which hope springs eternal and which gives free scope to the imagination instead of imposing the tedious labor of research? what are our leading dramatists going to give us next year the question might be treated in a matter-of-fact way by just going and asking them and perhaps getting very disappointing answers it seems more sportsmanlike to guess besides it leaves room for some piquant surprises when one is by-and-by confronted with the actual these then are one or two guesses for next season it is long, too long, since London had a play from Sir Arthur Pinero. When he writes a play, he gives you a play, not a symposium or a sermon or a piece of propagandism, but a dramatic action which interests you in its story, makes you wonder what is going to happen next, and takes care that something does happen, striking at the moment and worth thinking about afterwards. His characters are presented in strong relief there is always a dramatic conflict of wills. His women are never insipid, are sometimes deliciously perverse, and, if not past redemption, in which case they commit suicide, are saved by the nearest Anglican bishop or dean. His forthcoming play will ignore the church and will deal with a household divided on the spiritualistic question. The husband, who suffers from mild shell-shock and saw the angels of mons will have come back from the war a devoted follower of sir oliver lodge and sir conan doyle the wife miss irene vanbrugh will be a pretty sceptic adoring her husband but impatient of his credulity and determined to laugh him out of it an opportunity occurs the young pair have been having a sarcastic scene a fine opportunity for miss irene's merry ringing laugh about the husband's bosom-friend Jack, whom he had left for dead on the field at Mons. The husband eagerly hopes to get into communication with Jack on the other side. The wife only remembers with twinges of conscience certain love passages she had before her marriage with the said Jack, of which she has never told her husband. Now Jack is not dead, but on his way to his bosom-friend when the wife meets him she sees at once a chance of opening her husband's eyes we'll have a seance she says to jack you shall pretend to be your own spirit and then suddenly reveal yourself as flesh and blood and tom will be forever cured of his foolishness jack agrees but he also is suffering from shell shock two in one play you can imagine how clever the critics will be over this it will have to be made clear that it was the same shell forgets himself at the seance and at sight of his old lady love cries darling then horrified at his own misbehaviour disappears and the same night is either run over by a motor car or tumbles into a canal the wife's reputation is saved by another lady present who takes the darling to herself it is not yet settled whether this shall be a comic amorous dame really self-deceived say miss Lottie venn or a shrewd kindly woman of the world miss compton for choice who promptly sees how the land lies and sacrifices herself for her little married friend in either case the wife has to keep up the illusion that the voice came from the other side while the husband though confirmed in his spiritualism is secretly disgusted to discover that the spirits can be such bad form thus the final situation is an ironic transmutation of the first the divided pair are now united the merry skeptic being frightened into simulating belief while the believer ruefully finds belief without zest much will depend on the acting of this final situation miss irene may safely be trusted to transfer her laugh adroitly to the wrong side of her mouth but great subtlety will be required from the actor who has to convey the mixed joy and pain of a belief proved at once true and not worth having it may perhaps count among mr henry ainley's triumphs mr gerald de maurier will play jack the friend another triumph for even in his moment of breakdown he will still keep the sympathy of the audience. Sir James Barry has not yet exhausted the variations on his enchantment theme. After the enchanted wood of Dear Brutus, where people get a second chance in life, and the enchanted island of mary Rose, where time stands still with you, he will, with his next play, sound enchanted bagpipes. These will be heard as a weird obbligato. Whenever any one of the characters falls into insincerity, from pianissimo, amiable taradiddle, to fortissimo, thumping lie, and, while they are playing, the character will talk broad scotch and sketch the postures of, or, in extreme cases, wildly dance a highland reel. As the characters will be drawn exclusively from the Holland House set, the scene throughout will be one of the famous breakfasts, the extravagance of the compulsory fits of caledonianism can be seen a mile off the dismay of the poet rogers mr george roby specially engaged at finding his best mechancet in his notoriously low voice unexpectedly uttered in the broadest scotch will only be equalled by the surprise of sydney smith at hearing his choicest witticisms in the same lingo at one supreme moment the whole party will be joining in a reel, led recalcitrantly, but majestically, by Lady H. Fashionable dames. A great opportunity for the costumier, and fabulous sums will be spent on the wardrobe, will suddenly change from lisping, vastly amusing, I declare, and rolled-collared bow from murmuring, monstrous fine women, egad, god, to Abelins hootsman hedge-sirs, etc the situation will ultimately be saved by a little scottish maiden in a plaid miss hilda Trevulan, who being sincerity itself will never speak anything but the purest english and a baby in a box nailed against the wall who will not speak at all for the enchanted bagpipes a squad of pipe-majors of the black watch Splendid fellows in review order will be kindly lent from the Edinburgh garrison. Mr. Maham has been to China and has brought back a play which will aim at being as unlike Mr. Wu as possible. In fact, no Chinaman will figure in it. Mr. Maham would never do anything so artistically vulgar as that, nor anything Chinese except a little porcelain curio of the best period this will be sold by auction in a scene it will be the talk of london faithfully reproducing a celebrated establishment in king street st james with mr hawtree and miss gladys cooper as the rival bidders it will serve later for chief pièce justificative in a divorce case between the same parties with a really witty judge for he will have the wit of mr Marham, who will make a certain actual humorist on the bench green with envy and in the end will be broken by an excited council played by the famous crockery smashing artist from the music halls mr shaw but no it is impossible for mr shaw himself let alone anyone else to guess beforehand what mr shaw will do Finally, it may be conjectured that the rank and file of our playwrights will write for us precisely the same plays they have written before under new titles. It would be an agreeable innovation if they would keep the old titles and write new plays for them. End of section number 26